Hey, good evening. How are you all going tonight? Good. Great. Thank you. It's great to see you here tonight, be with you in this uh, worship gathering. Hey, if you're someone that uh, wants to investigate baptism, like Ash said earlier, Adam is just at the door there to our cafe. You can sneak out now, and um, Adam would love to chat to you more about what baptism looks like and answer any questions that you may have. And I just want to... Uh, I just want to thank each of you for being here. It's so uh, powerful to witness baptism together. And as the pastor for this service, uh, it's, re- it's my real privilege to uh, lead you tonight, to share a word that I think God has given us for tonight. And whatever reason you've come for tonight, whether you uh, are here because you're exploring what faith looks like or you've come invited to witness uh, one of the baptisms uh, of these people tonight, I just want you to know that this is a place that is safe for you. Uh, We believe here that as we worship on a Sunday night, that authenticity is what matters. That everything we do is is an authentic response to God. And so if you're someone who's a crazy spiritual person that loves to do crazy spiritual things, this should be a place that is safe for you. I I want you to know that this is home. And you can do whatever it is that God leads you to here. And if you're someone who's skeptical about God, this is home for you too. This is a service and a space that is safe because you can authentically be you. And I believe God is big enough to meet you there. I believe the God that we worship and engage with here wants to meet you in that space. And so whatever reason you've come for, whoever you are, I just want you to know that if you are authentically you, uh, you are welcome in this space. And everything we do in this service is about an authentic uh, reflection of what it is that God is doing in our own lives. And so I want to chat to you tonight to sort of land this series on crazy generous we've been doing over the last three months, looking at what a life of generosity looks like, not just in your finances, but in every part of your life. And uh, research in the 21st century is finding that generosity is not just a good idea. It's not just something that good people do because they're good people, but research is finding as we track the neurochemicals in people's brains when they live in generous ways, research is showing us that generosity is actually hardwired into your biology as a human being. That you're actually made to be generous physically. That when people live in generous ways, when they open the door for someone, when they do something kind or generous towards another human or towards anybody else in this world, something triggers in their brain. Neurochemicals are released that make them feel better about themselves. Oxytocin, serotonin, uh, dopamine are released in your brain when you're generous. And these things physically change your body. They change your emotions. They change your outlook on the world. They make you more empathetic towards other human beings. They allow you to sleep better. They change your thought patterns and your behaviors. Generosity is not just a good idea, but 21st century research is finding that you are hardwired to respond to it. And your biology changes as you live in generous ways. It's not just a good idea. It's part of what makes us human. We are actually better at this being human beings when we're generous. We actually do better at being human when we live generous lives. And so tonight I want to chat to you about uh, somebody who not only lived out a generous life, but whose generosity changed the status quo of his world whose generosity rocked the foundations of what was normal and opened up possibilities where there were previously only impossibilities. What I believe about generosity is we kind of land this series tonight 
is that it has the power to do remarkable things in your life and remarkable things in this world. So I want to take you to the book of Luke chapter 7. You can have a look on your phones if you've got the Bible on your phone. You can uh, read it if you've got a hard copy Bible. I'll have some words on the screens as well so you can follow along if uh, you don't have any sort of Bible with you tonight. Luke chapter 7 uh, from verse 1. It says, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. And there a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and was about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this miracle because he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even come, didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you before. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under under authority with soldiers under me. I tell one to go and he goes. I tell another to come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I I have not found such great faith in all the world, even in Israel. And then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the sick servant, almost dead. They found him well. This centurion should not be liked. He should be hated by the Jewish people in his world. He is a leader in the Roman Empire's army. He represents all that the Jewish people hope to be changed in their world. He's the leader of an oppressive army over them, a force that is not allowing them to be the independent nation they hope they could be. He represents all that they despise and want to change in the world, and yet he is loved by these people. Something profound has changed in this situation. Some impossibility has been made possible, and we get given the answer and the reason why. It's because of this guy's generosity. This guy has changed the status quo of his world. There's meant to be anger and frustration and bitterness toward, between the Roman army and the Jewish people, but instead there is a love. And they say to Jesus, please come and work this miracle for this guy. Please do a miracle in his life because he deserves it. He loves our people. He loves our God. He cares for us so much that he has given extreme wealth to help us and strengthen us. This centurion has bought the favor of these people. His generosity has allowed a different way to form in these people's lives. Generosity not only benefits you physically, not only changes the hard wiring of your biology, but generosity changes the world outside of you. It changes the world around you. It rocks the foundations of the status quo of everything that you know. It put cracks through the impossibilities of this world and allows new things to become possible. If you're someone who's frustrated by the world, frustrated frustrated by all that is broken and not right and hurting in this world, generosity is something that you can start to practice in your life that rocks the foundations of all that is and calls us towards something new. You can get bitter and twisted if you want. 
You can start yelling at people and telling them they need to change. Or you can start practicing a crazy, generous life. You can start living a countercultural way. Start being generous towards people around you, generous towards those who are meant to be opposed to you and see the foundations of the impossibilities of this world begin to crack and crumble and show signs of weakness as new possibilities begin to emerge. Generosity changes the world by changing the status quo of what is and calling us towards what could be. You know, in our culture, in our city, in our nation, we spend so much time investing so much energy and time into our careers, into our workplaces, into our passions, into our hobbies. We work so hard to better ourselves and, and, and make money that will provide for our families. We work so hard to try and change this world through politics or power or authority. We do whatever we can to make this world a better place. And it's so hard to actually see anything move. If you're like me, sometimes the harder I lean in to these things, the more frustrated I become as nothing seems to move in the world around me. I wake up tomorrow and sometimes it's almost worse than it was yesterday. Actually, when you take a step back and look at the pursuit that we have towards healing this world, it almost feels futile. And yet biology says that there's another way. And yet the experience of our lives says that there's another way. If we put half that energy into being generous towards one another, in being generous towards people in this world, we would start to make a much bigger impact than where we're throwing our effort and our energy at the moment. Generosity has the power to change the world by um, undoing the foundations of all that is broken and wrong. But I want you to notice something in this story. Something that we really easily miss. Something that, that you could walk away from tonight and, and not notice and, and not think about. Jesus is rocking along in this story and everyone around him is saying, this guy deserves a miracle. This guy is crazy generous. This guy deserves to be praised and celebrated and worshipped. This guy deserves to have his life changed. He has the the affirmation of the crowd and all the people in this city. He is much loved. Jesus says nothing about him. Jesus simply follows. doesn't say a word. For a teacher and a leader and a preacher, that's kind of unusual. Preachers love to talk as much as they can. Many of you tell me I speak way too much whenever I'm up here. Probably fair enough. Preachers love to talk and Jesus says nothing. That's weird. There's something weird going on in Jesus. He just quietly walks. He doesn't tell us what he's thinking, but something in me wonders if Jesus is skeptical towards this guy. He's trying to buy the favor of these people. He's trying to buy a miracle from Jesus. He's trying to buy some kind of healing from Jesus. Jesus just follows along. And then the story gets even more crazy because as Jesus is on the way to the guy's house, he sends more servants and he says, sorry, Jesus, I invited you, but you're now uninvited. Don't come to my house. I don't want you here. It's a bit of a knockback. He didn't even get a chance to come in the front door. And Jesus, in response to this, 
It says he's amazed, he's dumbfounded, he's, 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 he's just in awe of what he's just seen. And so he follows the guy's advice, turns around and walks off. Doesn't even come to meet the guy who's, who he's impressed by. And then it says they go back home and the servant's healed. Something crazy is happening in the fabric of this story. You need to pay close attention. You need to look carefully at what is happening. Otherwise, you run past it and you lead yourself to get a whole lot of things back the front in your life when it comes to generosity because generosity has the power to change your biology. Generosity has the power to change the status quo of this world. Generosity has the power to make impossibilities possibilities in your life. But generosity has its limits unless you have some things in place. This might be slightly controversial. I meant to talk up generosity to you. I meant to land this series with a bang so that you feel empowered to be generous in every part of your life. So I'm going to say something controversial, but come with me in this. Because while I long for you to live a generous life, while I believe that your best life is intrinsically um, entangled with living generously towards other people, generosity has its limits. All the generosity in the world, as great as it is, it isn't enough. It isn't enough to meet your deepest needs. All the generosity in the world, if, it, if it's not directed in the right way, it's empty. It will frustrate you. It will annoy you. Every time someone talks about you giving money, it will frustrate you and you'll wish that they would shut up and stop talking. At the end of the day, generosity doesn't meet our deepest needs. You can't buy healing. You can't buy forgiveness. You can't buy a saving work in your life. You can't buy love, really. You can't buy hope. You can't buy security. Your deepest needs, the fabric of what makes you human, you can't buy it. Generosity doesn't quite take you there. Something greater is needed and something greater was needed in this centurion's life to save his servant who's about to die. The only thing that prompts Jesus to talk, the only thing that prompts the preacher to talk is something to take note of. The only thing that he decides to take issue with and speak about is not, oh my gosh, centurion, you're so generous. It's not, oh wow, look at this guy's wealth. It's not the architecture of the building that this guy bankrolled to build. Jesus says, this guy has faith. I have not seen faith like this in the whole world. Don't miss what Jesus sees in this man. It's faith that turns this story. It's the faith of this centurion that makes the difference. It's the faith of this centurion that changes the world, that heals his servant, that changes the status quo of what goes on in his world. Friends, faith in Jesus is what moved this centurion. Faith in Jesus is what healed his servant. What I want you to know tonight is that faith in Jesus 
is the starting point, is the first place, is the first decision that you need to make before you can begin to experience what healing truly looks like in your life. Faith in Jesus is what saves. Faith in Jesus is what restores. Faith in Jesus is what sets you free. And this is what the centurion has already experienced in his life. And this is what Jesus bumps into as these servants talk to him on the road. It's not a crazy, generous individual whose generosity has changed the status quo of the world. It's a deep faith in the Creator God that has changed this man. And generosity has simply been the response to his faith. Don't miss what God is calling to us tonight. What God is inviting you into as we gather in this space tonight. Don't miss what God is inviting you into through the course of your life. Faith in Jesus meets your deepest needs. Generosity is the act of response to that work of God. Jesus lived a life, offered his life up for you, died in your place rose for you and invites you into a life of following Him. In a moment when you choose to follow Him, you are given a new identity, a new truth, a new reality. In Jesus, He invites us to restart again our journey. I don't know about you, but there is like stuff in my life that sticks to me. There is stuff that I wish I could undo. There is things that I just can't get rid of. No matter how good I am, they frustrate me. They stick to me. Faith in Jesus is an invitation to receive a new identity, a new purpose through forgiveness, and then to live the rest of your life in response to that. It's an invitation to receive an identity that you were made in the image of a loving God, of a crazy, generous God, of a God who would give His all up for you, of a God who says it's okay You are loved. You can't earn my love any more than I already love you. You can't earn my forgiveness any more than the the decision to accept my gift of love to you. You can't make me any happier with you than I already am. It's a decision to step into that identity and say, all right, God, if that's true, if Jesus is your avenue to giving me that gift, well, let's see what happens next. Let's see how my life changes. If I live in response to your love, rather than trying to earn it. If you get the mix of faith and generosity the wrong way around, you're gonna forever frustrate yourself. You're gonna forever feel like you need to earn the love of God, earn the love of people, earn your way forward in your life. But if you start with faith in Jesus, everything else in your life is a free hit. You've already been forgiven. You've already been much loved. You've already been called a son or daughter of the Creator, God. Everything else in life is just a free hit, a chance for you to explore the boundaries of what He has for you. And and generosity is His character and His nature and naturally flows from that gift. I want to be someone who becomes all that God created me to be. I want to become the man that God calls me to be. 
I want all of the brokenness and craziness of my life to fall away from me and, and the true identity of what God has placed within me to rise and grow and be seen by this world because I believe there the world can be changed and I can be changed and I can see all that God made me to be. I long for that for me and I long for that for you, friends. It starts with Jesus. It results in a whole lot of things, but generosity naturally flows through a decision to follow Jesus and let him rule your life. We've heard this in our stories tonight. We've seen this by the testimony of people who've experienced God's healing work, God's transforming work in their lives. And there's an invitation for you to step into that gift too. Don't get generosity and faith the wrong way around. It'll burn you. It'll hurt you. It'll frustrate you. Start with the identity that God wants for you. He loves you, son. He loves you, daughter. Start there and let a life of generosity flow naturally. Friends, I see God stirring something among us. I hear and I see stories of faith, stories of breakthrough, stories of healing among us. And I've always been someone who didn't want to sit on the sidelines of God's work. I've always prayed to God, God, just use me. Put me in the middle of whatever it is that you're doing. I want to be a player in your game. I want to be a part of redemption in this world. That's my prayer for my life. It's my prayer for your life. It's what I hope that you long for. It's what I hope that you experience in your life. It starts with Jesus. It results in a free hit of generosity in this world. Friends, imagine. Imagine what it would look like if between now and Christmas, the people in this room were the most generous people in Melbourne. Imagine that if you and I and everyone around us here in this room, if between now and Christmas when you're sitting with your family at family lunch, if between now and then we were the most generous people in Melbourne, we live generous lives far and away above anyone else in this city. Imagine the possibilities. I know we're not the most wealthy. I know we're not the most powerful. I know we don't have everything together in our lives. But what we do have, we can be generous with. Nobody stops us being generous with what God has already given us. Your time, your skills, your love, your money, whatever it is that you have, you can be generous with it. Imagine what it would look like if we, we're the most generous people in this city over the next two months. Imagine the differences that would happen in universities, the changes that would take place in schools, in, in, in workplaces. Imagine the lives that would be changed if we were the most generous people in this city. I want to, I want to let you know, friends, that this is not just daydreaming. This is an invitation from your Creator God to a life that you were made for. That the world might be changed by the followers of Jesus, allowing His forgiveness to be set free in their lives and then generosity to just be a natural outworking of that. You were made for this invitation. You were called to this invitation. What is your response? What will you do with this invitation. On your seats as you came in, there was this card. I just want you to grab the card that was there. And if you're on the end of an aisle and there's some pens next to you, just pass the pens down the aisle. I think it would be a, it would be a terrible shame 
if we did this series as a part of this church for three months and or you came along tonight and saw these baptisms and heard this invitation and then we just left and did nothing about it, that would be, the, that'd be about the worst thing we could do. Because this isn't daydreaming, this is an invitation to change the foundations and the fabric of the status quo of what you see. So this card is simply an opportunity that I just want to invite you into. It's not about me, it's, it's simply between you and God and, and what your decisions might look like between now and Christmas. On the back of this card, it, it, it invites you to write your name. And I just want to encourage you in a minute, our band is going to lead us through an item and just give you a chance to reflect and consider what is your response to this invitation of generosity. It invites you to write your name. It says, my name, so I'd write Lance, was created by a crazy generous God to live a crazy generous life. This is a statement of faith. This is a statement of truth. And I don't know who you are, why you came tonight, what you're here for, but that statement alone might be something that you feel is confronting. It isn't true. I don't know what to make of that. I just want to invite you in that, in that statement to just say yes to Jesus. Choosing to place your faith in Him is choosing to accept that statement as your truth. This is the identity that through Jesus you were given. Through His life, through His death, through his raising to life, this statement is made true about you. You are made in the image of a loving God. Through Jesus, you take on this image and you get a free hit to be generous in this world. And then what will you do with that free hit? There's some opportunities, just some prompts for you. I will, I will give away whatever percentage of my income between now and Christmas. Do with that what you want. I don't really mind where you give, what you give to. I don't really mind what the percentage is. I'm most interested in, in you sitting before God and saying, what does this look like for me? What will I give away? What will I just be crazily generous with in the next two months? And then who are two people who need to be the recipients of your generosity? Who are two people whose lives will be changed between now and Christmas because of your generosity? Man's just going to lead us through an item. I just encourage you to write whatever it is that you want to write on the back of this card. You're going to keep this card. You're going to do with it whatever you want. Put it on your fridge. Do whatever you want with it tonight. As we step into this night, I'll invite you to say yes to Jesus. Faith in Jesus saves. Faith in Jesus heals. Faith in Jesus forgives. Faith in Jesus sets you free. And then whatever names and numbers you put on this card, is a free hit, is a free gift, is a free response to that new identity God has given you. Take this moment as our band leads us.